Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We are live for the first time in 2022 over on Crowdcast, also on YouTube, or maybe you're catching the podcast later on the platform of your choice, wherever you're watching or listening. Hope you had a happy, healthy, and safe new year. We're excited oh, wow. to welcome you back for the first comic book club. Yay! What is happening again? Alex is really kicking it up a notch. That is loud, man. Yes, guys, we have a great show for you tonight. <laughs> I know. I don't know if that's anymore. Let's get loose. Yeah, AZ, let's get loose. Baby. Let's get loud. Uh, before we get into it and bring our guest into the stream, first of all, first drink of the new year. For those of you who are new to the show, Brett Macris, our resident CBC chef, has been curating cocktails for us. Uh, we are back to the Gotham City cocktail book and today we're drinking a drink called bitter revenge which i believe is when hush attacks the city uh that's yeah, what it sounds was. Right. Some, hey, there's a lot of revenge flying around gotham a lot of revenge don't you think uh but this is pretty good this is apple brandy two types of vermouth dash of bitters should put an apple slice into it. Uh, I didn't because of reasons we won't get into. You did, no, uh, Alex. Tell your apple story. How your apples are too big? I guess too big for your glass. All right, we get this. About this, this is a crazy story. story. Like a wild. This is a crazy story. This is a crazy story. I would have. I would have put a, a slice of apple in there, but my apples are too big. Cut them, you asshole. That's the oh, whole story. Alex is turning up wow. the volume and getting big apples <laughs> in twenty-two, baby. Um, really I really the size of a baby's face. Go ahead. Uh, Calvados, uh, baby face. Mm-hmm. Um, Calvados. And I didn't have any sweet vermouth, so I used um, double dry vermouth. So it's a little bit off, a little bit different. But I did put a cherry in there to give me a little color. And it's very good. Yeah. Great uh-huh. drink. Highly recommended. Much better than Batman Hush, the collection, I would say. Yes. Oh, uh, come on, you can, man. You can sort of drink in the Jim Lee pencils in this cocktail. It's really, <laughs> that's all you need. That's all you need. All you need. Uh, now, the other thing that I'll mention here is we have been asking folks to drop us comments in iTunes and let us know titles that they want us to review, ask us questions on the show. You are still more than welcome to do that. We've been getting some great suggestions. Uh, we are on this week's Stack Podcast going to have one yes. of those requests from Jimmy79. Uh, it is a manga volume called Dead Dead Demons DDD Destruction Volume 1. So look forward to that in the Stack Podcast. We all read the right one, too. Did we? Well, now? that remains to be we'll seen. Find Pete. Out. Oh, yeah. Peter. I guess we'll find uh, out. But reading the right comics in 22. (laughs) That's what it's all about. Um, Yes. Yes. Just wanted to mention that up top uh, because, again, we love getting these suggestions. We actually have a couple that will pile it up that I'll uh, mention in upcoming shows. But for the moment, if you want to request anything for us to review on the show or talk about as a topic of discussion, iTunes comments, best place to do that. Folks, why don't we jump into our guest and bring him into the stream? He is the creator of Octobriana with Love, a new comic. Stu Taylor, everybody. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hey. hey. Welcome, Stu, a.k.a. the owner of the best comic wall 
Oh in, man, in the <laughs> just glorious. I, I figured we'd cut to the chase here. We chatted with you briefly before the show started, and Pete was all in on your wall. We do want to talk about your book, but I wanted to give uh, Pete a chance to get it out of his system right now. So take it away, Pete. Oh, thanks. Yeah, if you could just kind of like uh, walk us through what you got there, it's just really cool. I've always wanted a nice like discussion piece wall where people could be like, "Oh, I haven't read that one or whatever," you know? Yeah. Well, sure. What so, you got there is a dry erase board, and it's like a marker yeah. that you can then wipe off. That's it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So that's actually the work workboard. Both are here. Um, oh, I actually the googled what I what I bought because uh, I know we had a chat before the, the actual podcast started. So it's actually from BCW. It's their Snap It uh, wall mount kit. So oh. what I've done, I've done it is um, five by five. I think it comes in sets of twelve. Um, Pete's taking notes right now. By the way, there you go. I can see. Him Pete has wall. never taken a single note in the yeah. entire. Pete's girlfriend in the comments just yelled, "No!" <laughs> <laughs> so what I do is it kind of uh, it's like revolving wall art, right? So um, when I wade through my boxes of shame, and if there's any particular covers that stand out, I'll uh, like rotate them in and rotate them out. So no need to be ashamed of your comics here, my yeah. friend. Well, <laughs> I'll note you have a couple of electric comics up there. Yeah. Why? Why her particularly late right now? What draws so, you to that character? That is the four-issue Electra Saga uh, miniseries from the 80s. Um, I read that over the Christmas holidays, so and it's just great covers. And they look really nice in a row together. Uh, the other ones I've got yeah. on there are... Uh, we have like the final issue of Spider-Woman, again from the 80s, where it was like a photo-style yeah. cover, which is kind of cool. Um, Fantastic Four 100. Uh, I picked it up for like 10 bucks. Uh, it's a pretty good nick, and it's a it's, you know, classic Kirby cover. Yeah. And then on the Fantastic Four theme, I got the, uh, was it the reprint or remaster of the very first issue mm-hmm. in annual, where it's like multitude of artists. Oh, so I got nice. that cover. And then shameless self-promotion, I've got all three covers of Octopiana as well. So Yes, <laughs> what a transition. Good for you. Well, let's talk about that then, because this is a wild project that has an even crazier history for those who don't know what Octobriana is and where it started, can you give us the brief historical rundown? I'll try and make it brief. Um, so <laughs> last year was the 50th anniversary of her first appearance. So what we've kind of said, it's like it's the it's the greatest Russian superhero you've never heard of. Um, so the story goes that uh, a group of Russian students in the 60s used to get together and kind of create comic strips and have wild orgies, you know, the usual things. Um, yeah, and the, the character they created was Octobriana, and it was like them having a go at what communism had become because it, you know, it's gone away from the pure purity of their vision. Uh, and a guy called Peter Sadecki from Czechoslovakia smuggled out these comic strips and got them published in 1971 in like a hardback kind of art style book, which kind of is quite very wordy. And it kind of went into the whole background of her creation, uh, the current state of the Soviet Union at the time, and this brave group of students who put together these comic strips and risked being imprisoned or worse. And this inspired David Bowie. He was going to do a movie. Um, classic Bowie. He kind of lost interest, I think. Um, <laughs> Billy Idol got a tattoo because he was a huge Bowie fan, heard how Bowie was inspired by this book. Um, and before Bowie died, actually, he did like a list of his all-time greatest books and Octobriana, the Russian Underground, the original book, made that list. Wow. Um, and both of them were inspired by this underground group. But the truth of the matter is it's all made up. Like, it was all bullshit. Like, this guy had um, – the truth of it is – and, again, I'm going to try and keep a shorter version of the story. Um, the story is great. Keep it going. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. cool. So um, the truth of the matter is Peter Sadecki did leave the Soviet Union – um but what he had done before that he befriended uh, a well-known czech artist called bohomil konechny and i kind of say he was kind of like the kirby in in the czech sort of comic strip illustration scene and uh Sadeki had met him as a young lad and konechny and his wife who didn't have kids kind of took him on like a son and over the years you know he was they had a close relationship so when uh Sadeki left um, the soviet union he said, look, I want you and another artist, Sadednik Buriam, to create an adventure strip called Amazona. He's in this Amazonian James Bond type character. And he was like, look, I'll tell you what to draw and I'll sell it to the Deccan West. You know, we're going we're gonna to make <laughs> millions. 
So he kept on this kind of bullshit and kept saying, oh, I want you to draw this now, I want you to draw this. Um, and the truth of it is, no one wanted it because it was very, very dated. So he decided of his own volition to kind of sex it up and put on a red star and made up this elaborate backstory oh. about this underground group and this whole, she's anti-communist. Because if you look at the original strips, there's nothing communist about it. She's just like this busty Amazon fighting a giant radioactive walrus yeah. chasing down <laughs> Buffalo. There's none of this... You know, when you re- look at the strips, you're like, there's nothing that kind of has this kind of controversial nature to it. Um, he did get taken to court in, in West Germany, I think, in the late 60s, and had to give back the artwork that he'd literally stolen. Wow. Um, wow. So he lost the court case, gave back artwork. But as it turned out, again, this is before the internet, right? So, you know, it's harder to kind of track stuff down. He then went to London with a suitcase of artwork that he hadn't given back and then pitched it to this... Uh, right-wing anti-communist book publisher in London who bought the story Hook, Line and Sinker um, and then published the book. Wow. Um, and in, in, in the process, he kind of destroyed the careers of these two Czech artists who oh, were confronted by like the state saying, well, we've uh, seen in the West, there's this book and it's got your artwork. Um, wow. You know, so basically they, they lot, their, their careers got absolutely hammered for that. And, and then no one really cared. Like the Times in, in London, I think shortly after publication, kind of called it out as bullshit and said, you know, the, the stories don't add up. But it was too late then. And it's been perpetuated as, as the years have gone on. So Bowie obviously bought into the, the mystique a couple of years later, and then that kind of perpetuated it. Um, for me, I kind of came across Octobriana in Brian Talbot's Adventures of Luther Arkwright series in the 80s, where she had like a very brief cameo role. Um at the time, I think he believed the hype and then was soon told it was all crap. <laughs> uh, Trina Robbins was uh, fascinated by it. You know, if you, if you know your underground indie comics, like she was fascinated by it, wanted to know the truth, and then found out again that it was all, it was, there was no such thing as this Russian underground group. It was, it was a bit of a Cold War comic book con, is another phrase I like to use with this one. <laughs> um, and I first actually, you know, my first independent comic in the 90s was an Octopiana comic. Uh, I did with a colleague of mine, and I think it was the first official solo comic book appearance in the West for her, which we didn't realize at that time. And yeah. I know when we started it, we believed the backstory. And I remember being at a comic convention probably after we launched our first issue, and a, a guy who was, was a bit of an expert was like, you know, this is all crap, right? You know, this is all crap. <laughs> And I still remember seeing Crush going, no, no, I had like a sliver of hope. What? A sliver of hope that it might be true. And it was like, no. And so this brings us kind of full circle. Like like I say, last year was a 50th anniversary. Um, I've been kind of percolating on this for a long time. Uh, I was looking at doing a documentary five or six years ago, and we filmed a few interviews, like the original publisher of the book, Um Amanda Lear, who was like a 70s pop star and girlfriend of Bowie, who was going to be Octobriana. She even did a photo oh, shoot in the 70s. Awesome. So we did, we kind of started doing that. But my colleague I was working with kind of wanted to make it like a Bowie documentary. But for me, yeah, of course, yeah. of course, you know, and it's really you know, emphasized the Bowie portion. Of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the problem is, like, you know, it's, it's like Bowie was going to make a movie. There's, there's evidence that he'd written columns saying, I'm, you know, there's his character, I'm going to make a movie. And then the, basically didn't and that's the story so i kind of felt <laughs> that would be a bad movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um yeah we filmed stuff we interviewed people and then i thought i want to go back to comics so what we've done with octobriana with love is kind of try and create a graphic novel anthology with loads of different artists and writers that you know bearing in mind we know that 99 percent of people wouldn't have heard of her so we want it to be as accessible to people who may have heard of her and also for the vast majority of those who haven't and hopefully tell us sort of a story that captures why she's bonkers and why it's cool. Um, so I think we've done that. Um, yeah. We've had some good feedback, but I had a moment where I was like, maybe it's terrible. Maybe, maybe it's just like, no, oh, I don't know. So, uh, you yeah. should, if you're going to make the doc, just make up an elaborate lie about mm-hmm. the Bowie movie and use that yeah. as sort of an homage. It fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. And make, that the do- make a lie documentary. You've discovered some archival footage that he oh, shot yeah, as yeah, a test yeah. Imagine, you imagine. We actually, we were doing this before he died, you know, and it was up to about a year before he died, and we were like, that was going to be our ultimate payoff. If we could get oh, enough yeah. interviews in the can, enough material to show, we were going, that's going to be our, let's get Bowie in front of the camera and say, 
kind of confront him with like do you know this is bullshit yeah. Like, <laughs> obviously it never happened but um he'd probably be like yeah that's why i didn't make the thing <laughs> yeah. it's uh, just I, so funny to me that the whole story is like these brave uh people trying to escape communism publishes sort of like scantily clad salacious yeah, comic yeah. and it's like oh okay i thought it'd be something a little more uh <laughs> you know. heroic i guess but yeah. but it does it's i it's great yeah, I love, uh, I mean, just to mention uh, before we move on from this, in the front of the book, you have a whole note where you lay all of this out. And I read that, and to be perfectly honest with you, I read that I was like, well, this is the bullshit. This is, you've made up this whole story to sell a comic book, and this can't possibly be true. But for anybody listening or watching it, it's 100% true. Uh, I looked, and it like took three seconds of checking it, and I was like, oh, yeah, well, this is 100% true. But I, I do think... Like you said, what you've really done is you put together some great artists to tell a wild array of stories with this character. Um, that all said, because it is a character that has existed for so long, what parts did you feel like you needed to update, potentially, to make it more palatable for a modern audience, if anything? Uh, it's an interesting question. I mean, so what I'll say, I, I interviewed um, a Czech a university lecturer who was an expert in Octobriana and more, more he was an expert in Peter Sadecki, the guy who kind of created this elaborate story. Um, and one thing he said to me that's kind of really stuck, really resonated was he said, there's, you know, it's Octobriana is a myth of a comic book. It's a collage of ideas. So, you know, when you look at the strips that are in the original book and then you read the prose that Sadecki has written, um, you realize that you think, well, hang on. So he, he writes a lot of stuff about what the character does and what comic strips that you haven't seen. This is what happened in this comic strip. And then you see the, the, the kind of comic um, strips that he's actually got, and it just doesn't marry. So we kind of took his origin story that you'd written, and we adapted that. Um, and I think, you know, th there's this kind of preconception that she's like a communist, socialist superheroine or her hero. Um, and we've kind of leaned into the, but she's a bit more anarchistic because there's no evidence that she was pro-communism or whatever. It was just Sadeki telling you that she was. But in the, again, in the comic strips, you just see, like I say, taking on a giant radioactive walrus, which as far as I don't know, I don't get that being a metaphor for, yeah. <laughs> you know, anti-communism or anti-capitalism. Um, I think what we've done, we've deliberately done is we tried to have updated her visuals because, you know, she's big and busty. Um, she wears like a, a scarf and it's just like, for me, it was like, that's not practical. And, you know, let's kind of, <laughs> let's imagine that she is this immortal time traveling warrior woman that we're told she is in the book and kind of, you know, let's, let's have that. And again, one of the things we did, we, we dropped the idea of her having like a, a comedy Russian accent, you know, cause if she is thousands Smart. of years old, she isn't going to talk with the kind of comedic twang i mean i imagine mm -hmm. you know in my head she has a kind of unusual accent but she speaks english fluently and any other language you can imagine she speaks fluently because she's had enough time um so i think it's what we've done as far as other people have done it i think we've you know and i'm guilty of that where i've written her in the 90s and given her kind of like comedic sort of accents and made her more of a you know a bad girl character because that was the thing in the 90s um so right. we've kind of made some changes there but some things we've kept like we've kept the snakeskin pants because that's cool. Um, we've kept like a leopard tail um, hair tie. Um, what else have we kept? We kept like the Smith and Wesson. We've kept the Chris knife she has, and there's like a snake bracelet, which you know it looks like it's alive in some interpretations, and in some it's not. So we kind of kept those things, and we've kept the Wonder Machine, which is like this big cylindrical time traveling space machine that you know is in the original book. Uh, and then we've added, well, yeah, we've added stuff. We've added in uh, our interpretation of Rasputin, which I did, you know, uh, include in some of my 90s strips. And a Scottish talking gorilla, which, again, that's coming from my 90s strip as well. That's <laughs> that's you got to have that. You've got to have that. I think every yeah. strip needs that. And then we well, did some right. characters and concepts as well. That's why I think it's so great that this is an anthology. <clears throat> you sort of get to scoop up all of these different um, types of stories and Octobriana feels almost like a, a Conan-type character that has that flexibility where you can sort of put her in all these situations in this book and more, and yeah. it, it works. We've well, got over the top. I mean, if you, you're obviously, you've got up um, the, the opening strip, which, you know, uh, I think the next, pan, the next spread is like this kind of ultra-violent, 
take on it because we've kind of made it to be like almost not slapstick but kind of ultra violent over the top um kind of like the punisher in you know in when mm. it's at its best where it's a bit ridiculous like it's like you know it's kind of cool i actually watched the film um nobody over the over the holidays mm-hmm. oh yeah um, oh, yeah. yeah yeah and it's kind of that that kind of violence where you're like this is ridiculously horrific but also like laugh out loud so we kind of you know funny enough i thought this is kind of what we to do did you do you recommend it i was thinking about uh <laughs> absolutely yeah okay. absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely all right i'm gonna check um if you like, if you like John Wick style movies as well it's like it's it's, it's up there really but yeah cool. what comic talk- book wall displays and movie wrecks this interview <laughs> has it all <laughs> well, can you talk fun. about recruiting the artists for this book because again you have a great array of people working with you here were yeah. Were they all familiar with Octobriana and they're like, yeah, hell, hell yeah, I'm on board with this? Or did you have to go through the whole explanation of the project? How did it work? So um, you're showing the artist, uh, Simon Fraser here, who is familiar. And actually, he was my oh, first yeah. port of call. Um, he's famous for doing a lot of stuff for 2000 AD, like Judge Dredd and uh, the more recent Doctor Who stuff. Um, there was a strip that he used to do called Nikolai Dante, which is this kind of futuristic Russian adventurer. Um, and Octobriana appeared in one of the serials, but it was one that he hadn't drawn, which was kind of ironic, really. And he did do a sketch, I think it was probably 10, 15 years ago now, of Octobri- his version of Octobriana. And when I started putting together the book um, more seriously, like the better part of two years ago, um, he was on my list of like, I want to just hit him up and just see if he's interested. Uh, and he was. And, you know, we just threw some ideas of visuals together and, you know, he came up with the, the look um i think one of the things i'm quite proud of just for the sheer metaness of it is that we've got a billy idol tattoo on her arm mm-hmm. um because yeah. billy idol's got a tattoo her, that was such a fun you know. bit in the you that know. was your that was your story right one of yours the, yes yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was super fun i just thought it'd be fun to have have her meet uh billy idol and that strip actually is drawn by stephen byrne who's currently doing joy operations and in my right. um my day day life of being a video game sort of promotion PR guy, I actually used to work with Stephen when he worked at a video game company and he was all we've kind of kept in touch, you know, sporadically and he was always the other person I was gonna hit up and just say that here's this concept. Uh, I actually, I put together a pitch deck, you know, because a, a lot of people I approached, you know, wouldn't know who I was, wouldn't know who the character was, and it was kind of just doing the the elevator pitch of here's this character that was created by an underground group and you kinda of hook people in. Yeah, and the rug and go. It was all bullshit, but hey, <laughs> it's still good, you know. And I think it's probably something we haven't mentioned is the character is kind of public domain, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. a lot of that to do with is the fact you can't really say who owns her because Sadeki commissioned artists to do a very different kind of character. Like from what I've seen of the Amazonas stuff, she's got like a triangle on her upside down triangle on her forehead. Um, he doctored that. Uh, and sent one strip into, or an image into Vampirella magazine before the book came out, and he changed that into a bat. And then <laughs> he then drew the red, you know, the, the five-pointed star, and then created an elaborate thing. So it's like, well, who owns what? Because Sadeki so came up with a name and came up with a, you know, the elaborate backstory, but the visuals came from two to three different Czech artists who wanted nothing to do with it because, you know, it was yeah. just too dangerous you know and it wasn't what they were drawing you know they they would if you imagine you commission an artist to draw an adventure strip and it gets published and someone's basically drawn pornography over it which is what he did for the german version there's like a full-on masturbation scene with a buffalo horn that is so crudely drawn you know it was something that sadeki just put in because he thought the germans might like that Wow, this guy um, seems wild. Yeah. Yeah. Germans <laughs> Germans love buffalo horn masturbation. We all That's know true. that. Because uh, there's very few buffalo over there. Exactly. <laughs> this is exciting and new. Spice yeah. it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, since you are in promotion, though, given that mm. the book is now out on stands, you have a character that definitely has this underground feel that certainly, like we talked about, some people know, but yeah. general public definitely doesn't. I think it's fair yeah. to say that. So. Yeah. How do you sell them on it, other than coming on highly popular podcasts, of course? Um, well, obviously, that's the that was my only thing. <laughs> that's it. That's the big one podcast. Had. One oh, yeah. podcast. One thing. Cha-ching. That's all I needed. Um, I think 
I mean, the Bowie angle is, is quite attractive. And I think, you know, from the marketing stuff I put together from the pitch I sent to creators was what we end up using in the Diamond Previews catalog, which was the whole David Bowie's going to make a movie of her. Billy Idol has a tattoo because he's a kind of like most people know who, well, most everyone should know who Bowie is. And <laughs> most people know who Billy Idol is, but I, I get a bit horrified when I speak to younger people who go, who? And I just feel like I just crumble into dust. Um, Same guy, right? Bowie and Idol? <laughs> Billy Idol, he was on American Idol, right? That's where he got the name. <laughs> he was in The Wedding Singer and he got The mm-hmm. American Idol. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Wow. God, this is awful. Wow. Um, but, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah honestly, it's like, it's we did a, a, well, I did a comic convention in Montreal um, last month, or month before, um, and again, it was me having to do my sales pitch, but I hate doing sales. You know, I'd rather just write or put something together and it is just saying you know it's the bowie connection it's the billy idol and it's like here's a character that's got it's been around for 50 years but you've never heard of her um and there is that kind of reaction where people kind of think it's almost a bit spinal tap or um mm-hmm. i love my my 80s hair metal music have you guys heard of steel panther yeah so yeah so when that you know what was it 10 15 years ago when they they did that vh1 behind the music mm-hmm. spoof well, that's right, I, first yeah. heard of I remember watching probably the first couple of minutes thinking like, shit, I, I didn't remember this band. I was yeah. into that music <laughs> and I was hooked. I was almost in for like the first couple of minutes and you get the, the, the obvious kind of gags of like, oh no, it's it's a send up. Um, so for me, it's almost like you, when I'm talking to people about it, they're waiting for me to kind of go, yeah, you just made that up. You just literally just made this character up in the last six months. It's like, no, Google it. Like you guys were saying, you Google and there is yeah. a history. That's great. Behind it. So it is a tough one. There's also the kind of the communism connotations, particularly with like American audiences, where they instantly think you're trying to, you know, that I'm some kind of like commie trying to come in and, you know, corrupt the youth. But again, I go back to the fact that the character was never, there's no evidence of her ever being like really communists. We've made her more of an anarchist, like anti um, authoritarian anarchistic um irresponsible i think we kind of touch on that a little bit you know she comes in creates revolutions and then like fucks off again and i kind of want to touch on you know her nemesis babby agar is kind of like you're irresponsible like you go off you create these revolutions and then you swan off and you know other people come in and fill that vacuum and probably just as bad so you know if we're fortunate enough to want to continue with this series we want to kind of go into that a bit and go look for thousands of years you've been doing this maybe you should take a bit more responsibility for for what you leave behind but i don't want to be too heavy political as well i think that's something that people expect us to be lecturing right. but i think you know that's not really what we do yeah i mean now that this is out and that you do potentially have octobriana back in the public consciousness are you going to try to launch more issues out of this an ongoing series or was this your tribute and you're good to go at this point it's this was definitely originally just going to be a tribute and then it was it was unfinished business for me and i know it was unfinished business for simon fraser who i who I said before hadn't really had a chance to have a stab at it um but i had so much fun kind of putting it together and there was so much potential um without spoilers um the last page is a kind of cliffhanger of sorts and that was added quite deliberately quite added quite late in the day so we do have plans for at least two more specials this year. Cool. Um, oh, awesome. So we've got an Octobriana in the Underground, which is a summer special. And we're going to have a, a Halloween edition as well. Oh. Um, um, we do have artists confirmed for covers on it. I'm going to sort of give you a bit of an exclusive. We have Yannick Patel yes. actually has done wow. our main cover. Wow, we, we awesome. We that before Christmas. I won't share it because I'm going to hold that one back. But we do have the cover it's art. Exciting. And it's it's really good. You know? That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, all of your covers and alternate covers and everything in, in the, this book are so good. Yeah. No, thank you. And you know, Michael Cho um, did our like our retailer incentive, and he's he is actually going to come back and do another one as well because he had so much fun, you know, do, doing that kind of propaganda style artwork, and he's going to yeah. dive in and revisit that kind of style again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do have another artist who I, I don't want to reveal just yet, but um, we've got <laughs> that. Stay tuned. And we do have N. Stephen Harris, who did one of our strips, and this is going to be doing the main story uh, with me on the summer special. And we have uh, a new writer who we're going to keep under wraps for now, and an artist, an established artist, doing their strip as well. So it's going to be, it's fun. I, I've, yeah, I'm really cool. going to get out of this. So we're going to be exciting. Right. 
Yeah. You're you're hooking people in. I mean, it's a great it's a great package. Thank you. And I hope you enjoy it. You know, the feedback's been great. So yeah. Awesome. awesome. Stu, congratulations on this. The book is great. I hope lots of people check it out. And I'm very excited to see the next two specials as well. Thank you. Well, thank All you right. for, again for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Oh, yeah. yeah thanks for taking the time, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks and for the great movie wall. rec. Great wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, great wall. Nice one. Thanks, guys. Yeah, take care. All right. Once again, that is Stu Taylor. The book is called Octobriana with Love. And we are going to move to our next Real section. quick, we're, before oh, yeah. we jump in. I just have one announcement. We had we finished up the first and the first season of the comic book club fantasy football league. Oh. Just this week, I know you guys have been waiting to hear who who took the trophy. It, um, it came down to um, Nick Broughton versus uh, Josh Broxson. Uh, Nick won, wow. took away the purse. Uh, Josh got second place. It was super fun. If anyone wants to get involved next year, please hit me up. Um, we yes, we do have a fantasy football league. Straight Bullet and I faced off three times over the course of this Woo. season. Wow, is that was that in the sports Slack? Is that where that is? Yes, the Slack that you've definitely muted. I've definitely muted that one. <laughs> There's a lot of sports stuff. It was just coming at all times of day. And Maybe like, the I, most I active Slack channel on our comic book club Slack. <laughs> Who is not the sports? We're talking all day. We're talking all day. Oh um, man, I, well I'm glad you boys had fun. Let's move to our next section, which is my favorite section. Can I go outside be... and play? Can I go outside and yeah, play for a little bit? Not yet. We still have a show to do, Justin. Uh, okay, okay. I'll be out in a little bit, guys. I got to finish the show. <laughs> now it's time for your audience questions. <laughs> and for audience questions, pretty straightforward. You just got to drop a question and ask a question over on Crowdcast or over in YouTube in the comments or, as mentioned, uh, iTunes comments. If you can't make the show for whatever reason, drop us a question there. We would be happy to answer it. But before we do, we do have a sponsor for this week episode, and it is the Blindsided Podcast from the Players Tribune. Given how they play the game, you may not think that professional athletes are dealing with mental health issues, but that's exactly what the Players Tribune is tackling with their first ever mental health podcast blindsided hosted by former nhl goalie Corey hirsch and psychiatrist dr diane mcintosh the show will share the moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and mental health became the most important focus of their lives blindsided allows listeners to have an understanding of the different types of mental health challenges people face whether you're a professional athlete or not guests this season include kevin love paul bissonette and kurt warner Blindsided dives in deeper, it gets clinical, and allows listeners to leave with an understanding of the different varieties of mental health challenges people face, why they appear, and how athletes in particular face them down. Blindsided is a sports podcast not only for people who follow sports, but also those don't, and even the people who mute the sports slack in the Patreon slack. Sports! Sports all day! Oh man, yeah, we're getting very sports heavy. I was like, why does the Players' Tribune keep Right? And then I was like, oh, that's right. Derek Jeter helped start the players. That's why I know so much about it. Mm. <laughs> You're like, why do I know stuff? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I have to track back to Jeter? Yeah. The Punisher. Jeter's, Punisher. Always, Jeter's always texting me about this Players Tribune thing. I yeah. guess I got to yeah. check it out. Yeah, All right. Why don't we. Man. Actually, before we move to our audience questions, though, we didn't check in with what Pete was drinking tonight. Pete, what are you mm. drinking tonight? Oh, I'm drinking, uh, you know, I got myself a uh, giant bottle of vodka and uh, I'm drinking a little uh, uh, soda a and then a little, little uh, splash of ginger ale in there, too. You know what I mean? A little, little ginger ale. Oh, that sounds like you're peeing. And I'm going to transition over <laughs> to... A, it really uh, does. It really does. That. Sorry. Bill's <laughs> <That was laughs> Mafia. Pills Mafia, a pills. Is that like the Bills Mafia? A hundred percent. To keep it on sports, this is from um, Thin Man uh, Brewery out of Buffalo. It's their Pills Mafia Pilsner. Very excited to find this in Wegmans, the ultimate grocery store. Oh, you gotta <laughs> love Wegmalandos, bro. What? All right, why don't we go to some questions here? This one is from Stray Bullet. Are there any comic book resolutions you have for this year? Any series or run you haven't read? but always wanted to or just missed. Well, we're taking I mean, care of the, uh, you know, we kind of did the Swamp Thing thing that since we missed that, Zell. Yeah, so all that's good. Be... We read volume one. Some <laughs> yeah. of us read volume two. One of us read volume six. So I think we yeah, pretty yeah. much Other than we nailed Basically, it. Between yeah. us, we've covered it end to end, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um, I, my my uh, 
my comic book resolution is to read some of the stacks and stacks of back issues that I have just laying around around mm, me all the time. What uh, you ta- <laughs> You just got comics laying around? Yeah, scalp bats uh, have been out for years, bro. What that's what I'm doing? saying. When I uh, my basement flooded in the the Brooklyn flood like a few months back, and some of my comic boxes got uh, got water on them, so I had to take everything out and. That's why of, you got to put your uh, comics on a wall, dude. That's the way to do it. Yeah, I'll just put these seven thousand comics all on the wall. That's my dream. That to, uh, but anyway, so I have comics around more paper comics that I uh, I just want to pick those up and read more of. I would love to read more graphic novels that are not just the things that we talk about in the stack. Um, you know, there are a couple of graphic novels from the past year. Like, uh, for example, there was uh, March. Uh, there was the uh, women's mm. slave revolt thing and some other things uh, that Pete had yeah, Pete turned uh, us on to. Yeah. yeah, Pete had read over the course of the year and never talked about. The entire time, the entire year <laughs> on our live comic book talk show, kept it secret, in fact, until he mentioned it right at the end of the year. Uh, and it feels like the, I, I wish there was some sort of outlet for Pete, I guess, where he could talk about it on a weekly basis. Um, so I'd I've love to be involved in that two, sort of thing. Two new ones that I uh, just got uh, that I'm excited Oh, you can, to... you can talk about you them here on, our, on our live comic book talk show. You can talk about them here. Well, you know, I, I, I got still it's hard because we read so much. You know, I have a, a hard time meeting my deadlines that I set for new stuff. But, um, you know, uh, since uh, Liwana works at an uh, amazing uh, bookstore, we get, uh, you know, we got some access to some great graphic novels that maybe I don't know about or hear about. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, there's a, there's a, as you guys know, there's a ton of amazing stuff made all the time. And it's, I mean, bring them up. The only time I really get to read comic books is what I am forcing myself to do it for the show. Just because like you're saying, we read so many. So what do you got there, Pete? Tell the people. Like oh. a goose cramming comics down our throats <laughs> the, to make to the make beautiful delicious podcast. Fwapod. Fwapod. Yeah, family tragic comic. I'm excited about that. Fun Home's awesome. And then the the follow-up, uh, Are You My Mother? Oh, is that the one by Dr. Seuss where yeah. he goes up to <laughs> the tractor and he's like, no, I'm Very early graphic novel. Very basic graphic novel. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Keep us posted on those. I know that sounds like a resolution for you, but really tell us when you've read them. We'll talk about them on the stack, Pete. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't keep them secret, man. Hey, man. You know, it's important to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any resolutions that are not my resolutions for you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mentioned it, uh, I think, the, on last uh, last year on the uh, last podcast we did. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really, I want to try to find a better kind of like, since the pandemic and, and this cave life that uh, we lead now, I'm, I got to find a better uh, daily routine or daily p- uh, pattern because it's like, um, I don't see the sun. I don't get out as much as I want. I got to figure out some kind of, uh, uh, you know, whether it's making myself go on walks or something, I got to get a better routine because it's, uh, I don't know, man, it's, I'm not doing good. Oh, geez. That was a sad ending to that. Yeah. Uh, what are and we I think say- that's a good resolution, not comic book related though. So we have to reject it, <laughs> even though it'll make you a better man. No, no good. No dice. Yeah. So this is a question probably just for me, I'm guessing, over on YouTube. Nelson Martinez says, for Yellow Jackets fans, after that last great ep, who do you guys think is the girl who falls in the pit from episode one? And who might be the antler queen? Uh, neither well, of you have watched deep, it yet, right? No, I haven't watched it yet. Okay. I'm going to watch it. So that, this is a deep, intense Yellow Jackets question. Yes. Well, it's actually stuff from the first episode, much less than the from the most recent episode. Uh, for anybody who hasn't watched it, by the way, I'll just give it a plug on the show because it's one of the best shows on TV right now. And it's definitely so much fun to theorize about week to week. I think people are finally catching on to it enough to actually be talking about it online, which has made it a lot more fun. It definitely felt like for the first five weeks, I'm like, well, here I am by my own, by myself. Just thinking about it and having a good time. Uh, But it's on Showtime. It's about a girls' soccer team that crashes in the Canadian wilderness. And things devolve very rapidly there for a variety of reasons. 25 years later, 
somebody seems to be stalking them. Uh, and 25 years later, the girls from the group are played by Juliette Lewis, Christina Ricci, Melanie Linsky, a couple of other great actresses. The young actresses are great as well. It's awesome. It's an involving mystery. Uh, tons of mysteries, in fact, uh, and just such good performances. And also very gruesome. I'll just warn you. Oh, great. see that? Uh, I love oh. it. What week are we on? And how many? It's a, is it 10 episodes? Or See, eight? here's the problem. Because I'm an asshole, I'll just nut flex for a second. But I watched like the first <laughs> nine episodes months ago at this point, And I'm like, what? Oh, you're putting out these theories. I can't contribute because I yeah. don't know what you're talking about. And I don't know what I already know or not. Right. But oh, I and think... what's that sound? What's that sound? Says Isaac Carter. The first nut flex of the year? Wow! Oh, do, do, nice. do. Uh, but I think the ninth episode airs this Sunday, and there are ten episodes in the first season. It's already been I picked feel, up for season two as well. I and feel so like I don't even need... To, yes, I feel like I don't even need to be here anymore. You called yourself an asshole and then uh, uh, called yourself <laughs> up for nut flexing. It's just... Yeah. Well, yeah. We, gotta, we need a new Pete. <laughs> Alex is absorbed to the old Pete. <laughs> Um, just to answer Nelson here, though, I, I don't have any, yeah, I'm going to say Lottie and Shauna is what I'll throw out to you and Nelson or any Yellow Jackets fans will know what I'm talking about, but definitely check it out. It's so good. So good. Anything Juliette Lewis does is going to be fucked up in some capacity. Oh my God. She's so good. And Christina Ricci is so so good good. and they're so good together. It's It's magic. It's magical. I, everybody should be watching the show. She and if you don't have Showtime, that by the way, fucked up. That was really yeah. great. Showtime apparently has a cheap add-on on both Prime Video and Hulu. If you're looking to get it for whatever reason, just spill vodka all over your lap, Pete. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, like it's computer Fritz's out suddenly. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, Showtime's the only pay uh, content provider I don't have, but now I have to get it because I have to watch the show. Just for this. Ooh, yeah, wow. two more weeks and then you That's can get like the free streaming flex right free there. week of Showtime. <laughs> <laughs> Streaming flex. How is, uh, how is Chicken Soup have. with Crackle, by the way, Justin? You like that one? <laughs> really loving it. You know, there's Crackle is a little ton of content. When they, mm. uh, comedians, cars, coffee, Crackle. I think that's on Netflix now, but yes, I agree. Yep, well, it I started think on Crackle, lost, though. I think yeah. they're out. Crackle's All right, here out. we go. Kevin... Uh, says, what are some of your other favorite stories behind the creation of comics? Working Ooh. off the Octobriana things. That's... I think uh, for me, I mean, it's an obvious one, but for me, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, how it started as a kind of like a uh, just a, hey, you know, look at how ridiculous uh, this Marvel character, some of these Marvel characters are, and, and we're going to kind of make this is like we're going to make the most insane thing we can think of is kind of like this like comics are going too crazy and then that thing became so popular it was like this thing they were making fun of comics with and then it kind of blew up so it became the thing they were making fun of which was to me is kind of a hilarious story yeah i like it's kind of a long story but the one where uh stan lee stole all of his ideas from steve ditko and jack kirby that's a pretty good one Oh that is God, funny dude. and whimsical. Oh, yes, oh. it's a fun story. I'll, I think all you have to say is Excelsior. It's sort of the short yeah. version of that. I will say, actually, we watched uh, some sort of facts about Spider-Man video with my son, and he was keeps bringing up the fact, and I don't even know if this is true, that apparently Stan Lee saw a fly on the wall and was like, fly bad, we're going to do fly bad. And somebody's like, let's not do fly bad. And he's like, all right, Spider-Man. That was the whole wow. story. Wow. Just think how close we were to watching uh, Flyman No Way Home this, this past week. <laughs> uh, the story I, this is sort of also a negative story, but the um, the court battle between Neil Gaiman and Todd McFarlane right over the rights to Angela, the character um, from Spawn, <laughs> that then Neil Gaiman gave to Marvel, essentially, is very uh, funny to me. Yeah. It's also funny because uh, nothing against the wonderful people who've worked on Angela. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Exactly. Well, especially actually now she has such a high position in the Thor mythology. She's Thor's sister. 
Yeah, they, they basically they were, I feel like they revealed she was Thor's sister and then forgot she was ex- existed for the most part. She pops in every now and again because they added their like the tenth realm or something, right? Sure, Where it's like heaven. Whatever. Oddly, mixing your uh, myths. Well, that was a lot of work to get there. It's fine. Certainly, court. A lot of lawyers it, had to be like this uh, leather-clad bikini woman needs to be owned by Neil Gaiman. <laughs> Uh, this is from Corey Chacher on YouTube. I feel like this has been asked in the past, so I apologize for that. But do any of you have any experience with Webtoons or other webcomic services? If so, I'd be interested to hear Rex and impressions. Um, I haven't spent a ton of time on Webtoon. I worked on a job years ago where I developed a, a Webtoon into like a series of animated shorts. Um, and that was my first exposure to the platform and wow it's just ep- if you're looking for anything webtoon has some version of that story on there so it's a great way to just wander into a bunch of of content essentially and it's a it's a nice interface like the the it's most uh, i was into the sort of comic strippy part of it and it's really like easy to just read a bunch of whatever you like mm. pete any digital Man, sources many- you like the many lives of Justin, I tell you, there's always a story where it's like, I used to work at a... That's uh, the same thing I say about you every week. <laughs> what about me? I've done a lot of stuff. Alex has done a lot. Yeah, he just had giant apples. His apples are too big. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> That's what I say when I remember an apple situation. I have a lot of like, stuff going on. I got apples. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's your, you're out of season. It's good. You got, I mean, you call hits. You're going to be crushing. I mean, that's, that's, that's the height of it. Alexander, Alex, and the giant apple. I haven't checked out a lot of Webtoon stuff. I think, in terms of other di- digital services, you got your Marvel Unlimited and your DC Infinite, is, I think, what they're both called now. They're both solid services with a lot of catalog. Cam- Comicsology as well. Comicsology Unlimited in particular. But I do think if you're looking for something specific, the DC services or the Marvel services are pretty good because you've got lots of options in terms of just going back and reading tons of stuff. Uh, just to bring it up, Luana says you could even dice the apples. That's totally true. But the problem is I only need one slice of apple for the drink and the apples are so large oh my that God. I wouldn't have been able to do it. They I love just the idea. brown. You can't love... cut them. It's so large. You don't have. But then they then you have to eat them. them, and they're so huge. They're like a meal in and of yeah. itself. Well, I had already had dinner by this point. I was trying them. to get back upstairs in time. My daughter was having an apple, and I was going to borrow an apple. Oh well, her. isn't she a growing woman? I know, but then <laughs> I by the time I got apple? there, she was already eating the uh, last slice of apple. It was a real bummer. Um, that make uh, any sense oh, Isaac Carter asked, didn't you realize how large you were when you bought them? Uh, we actually did Amazon Fresh. We had them delivered, and they delivered six Holy, enormous apples. Holy, can you stop fresh flexing flex, all over us? Fresh flex. throwing money out of the Sorry, window. my concierge. My concierge <laughs> delivered them. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is from the guy who's getting rapid tested in his own house. It happened yeah. again today. Ah, oh get out of here. <laughs> our landlord keeps calling apples. this uh, nurse who works for Lab Q, and she keeps coming to our house and personally, it's not even rapid what? tests, it's PCR tests. Oh, it's like a, it's amazing. It's uh, great. You don't have to wait on a line nice or anything. Man. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, no, I don't have COVID now, Pablo. I just got yeah. tested. Yeah, no, he has apples, not COVID. Yeah, I have apples. I have someone testing me for apples over here every other day, and I'm yeah. like, there's no apples here. Yeah, they're called Apple 19 because they're the size of 19 apples. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> this is from Nat Towson. Now that we all understand that collectivism is the only way for humanity to survive, what is your favorite pro-communist comic books? <laughs> wow. Oh, great. I would say Winter Guard, probably. What about you guys? Oh, wow. Uh, well, do you remember, a com- this wasn't necessarily pro-communism, but Red Star back in the day? Mm-hmm. Uh, very cool comic that I really liked, and then it sort of just vanished. Uh, I, I don't know. The only thing I'm coming up with that is uh, Alpha Flight, but that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because they also have a red symbol on their flag? Yep. Yep. No. Canada is communist. That's <laughs> what Pete said. It's right. red and white. And, I don't know. That's uh, really well, funny. very cool. This is from Jolene. Can we do a fantasy superhero team draft on Slack? Different team each month or quarter? Oh, I love that. 
Yeah. Make I, it happen. I guess I'll handle it, guys. Yeah, nice. yeah, go you ahead. Do fun stuff on this. I slide. mean, I don't know how that works, so I have a good time. Yeah. Well, have you heard of like a uh, fantasy movie draft or? Uh... Nope. Okay. Well, I'll I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Isaac Carter. Who'd win on an episode of Fear Factor, Daredevil, or Hal Jordan as the Green Lantern? <laughs> what? Well, so we got Man Without Fear or Hal Jordan as Green Lantern is powered it's by fearless. Will and so yeah. fearless and against fear. Yeah, but I mean, isn't it cheating if he's using this stupid ring? I would. Well, but I think the, I, the idea is that he, the man himself, is fearless because he has mm-hmm. so much willpower. The ring be damned. Daredevil. I guess the question is who is more likely to eat a pile of scorpions, Daredevil or Hal Jordan? Well, who would have the best banter with Joe Rogan, host of Fear Factor? Oh, Hal Jordan, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Daredevil would be like, I'm Catholic. <laughs> what is that impression? I don't know. He's always very sad. Oh, God. Catholicism that you're representing there? Like, In my head, head, Daredevil is always Charlie like, Cox. Daredevil Charlie is Cox. two minutes away from dying at all oh points. He's like, well, this is Stop it. That, I mean, that uh, sort of is true. Yeah. Daredevil gets shot through with arrows and knives and all sorts of stuff. That yeah. guy's been hit by more ninja stars than every <laughs> kung fu movie added up. Oh, man. Uh, great. This is from Liwana Nana. Can I start a Taylor Swift Slack channel? Uh, great question. <laughs> I like that she asked this sure. in the comments and then if also you in the want, questions. But who's going to join you? I'll be there. Oh, lots of people. I'll oh, be really? There. All right, yeah. great. I was listening to a Taylor Swift radio station the other day while I was making dinner. Delightful. Very relaxing. Now, how long does it take you to slice all those apples? (laughs) That's what you mean by dinner. That's what your daughter eats for dinner, right? That's it. That's all we got. We don't have any room in the fridge. These apples are so large. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Um, I love the idea that your family gathers around and slices the apple every... Who wants to carve the apple? (laughs) Every Thanksgiving, man. Every Thanksgiving. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Oh, and then more specifically, a channel dedicated to strategizing about how to make Taylor an anti-capitalist. Listen, man, I don't think that's ever going to (laughs) happen. I mean, she talks about that kind of stuff a little bit, but she is... She's like, buy my my album about (laughs) anti-capitalism. She's yeah. constantly buying everybody gifts. She's I'm Yeah, sorry. she buys gifts for her ex's kids, as we yeah. learned in folklore. Uh, not, we, wow, you guys really know your stuff. And last question we got here. This is from Isaac Carter. Which comic book character appreciates a good apple? Great question, Isaac. I would say every character appreciates a good apple because they're healthy for you and they keep the doctor away. Yeah. What your voice got extra nasally there? Only <laughs> He's not eating his apples. Why? Yeah, that's my iron fist impression. Oh my god, <laughs> that one's pretty accurate. Well, you know, a giant apple a day keeps the giant, terrifying doctor away. <laughs> oh my god! There you go. I think that answered your question, Isaac. And folks. That is it for your audience questions. We're going to move to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. Oh, man. Already. All right. And Do we have somebody? We uh, do indeed. We... It Ooh, is okay. the guy who asked our last question. Isaac Carter is this week's contestant. If you would like to be a contestant on trivia, I'm going to drop the link to submit your name in the chat here. And we will also tweet it out through at Comic Book Live. You can win a $25 gift card to Midcount Comics. But here's Isaac. Hello. Isaac. What's up? What's up? What it is. Welcome, Isaac. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, today's Thank trivia you. is on topical comic news. Oh, with a shout out to, out to John Madden. Oh. John Madden, R.I.P. <laughs> Wait, seriously? <laughs> seriously? Yeah. Are you seriously doing John Madden, Pete? Yeah. Over wow. Betty White? <laughs> you gotta go in order. Does right? she mean that little to you? No. Everyone wanted Betty. Betty White, White is rolling over in her fucking grave right now. People the last words right. were Pete put me in trivia. And now she's rotting <laughs> in hell because of what you just did. Unbelievable. I don't even know why we do this show, to be honest. <laughs> 
it's just came out on HBO. It's under the horrifying. Horrifying. <laughs> America's sweetheart, John Madden. Go ahead, Pete. Right. You're goddamn right, America's sweetheart. Uh, what about Harry Reid? Harry Reid. Senator Harry Reid. He died <laughs> technically, I think, 30 minutes earlier, according to my news alerts. Oh, my God. All right, here we go. Please listen to all three options before making this <laughs> Question number one. Detective Comics kicks off, kicks off its <laughs> Shadows of the Bat storyline dealing with life in Gotham without whom? Is it A, Batman, B, Batwoman, or is it C, Susanna Thompson? Arrow, what? So it's either A, wow. or you can pick B. <laughs> I'll go with A. A is correct. Here Nailed we it. go. Question number two. In 2022, who will be celebrating 30 years in comics? Is it A, Image, B, Spider-Gwen, or is it C, Dabs Greer? So it's either A, Image, <laughs> or it's B, Spider-Gwen. It's really image. Wow, uh, it's yeah. I feel old now. Yeah, we that's <laughs> yeah. the revelation here. Yeah. Yeah. We're aging. Yeah, not what I want. I feel like Betty White, you know, living oh, actress come on. Betty too White. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> she's not, she hasn't passed. No, it. she's still alive, as far as I know. I get all my news from a Pete's <laughs> quiz. <laughs> too soon. Yeah. Excited about our Hunter birthday? Are you as well, oh, Justin? Come on, yeah, I just hope we get it before next on. week when we hear come about on, new trivia. Come on. All right, here we go. Last one. In January, Marvel will spotlight indigenous creators and characters in Marvel's Voices Blank. Is it A, Heritage, B, Spotlight, or is it C, Bonnie Hellman? So it's either A, which makes sense, or it's B. I'll take A. A is correct. $25 yes. is yours. Nice, Please Isaac. be patient. It'll take a little while to get to you, <laughs> but it will get to you. Wow. And uh, uh, Kevin is correct. We're talking about Little Joe. Golden Girls? Of course. Yeah, that's oh, the right Golden answer. Girls, John Madden was featured heavily in Golden Girls, if I believe. Yes, he was. He was. They always considered him the fifth Golden Girl. <laughs> oh, wow. Isaac, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations on the gift card. Thanks. Check it thank out. Great seeing you, man. Thanks for coming by. Happy New Year. All right. There we go. Once again, if you want to do trivia, you can. Be a helmet. Yeah, man. At the link. <laughs> Uh, that you we fan, dropped either in the chat or we'll awesome. put on at Comic Book Live. And as we all know, comics are coming out all the time. What are you guys looking forward to, Pete? <laughs> oh, man, dude, there's a, a ton of stuff that I'm looking forward to. Monkey Meat, number one. Uh, Apache Delivery oh. Service, number one. Detective Comics, 1047. And Black Widow, number 13. A great week for comics. Great. Justin, wow. what about you? Anything you're looking forward to? Monkey Meat. I'm mean, very surprised about your monkey meat call. Oh man, uh, really? Page. Yeah. I'm I just, oh, I'm looking forward to getting an argument with you later. Then. Uh, okay. Come at me, bro. You say that every time I see you. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, World of Krypton number two. Um, mm. This series is fun, and this second issue really uh, it, it's fleshing out an area of the Superman sort of myth that. Um, that we haven't really seen before in this level of uh, characterization. So I, I, I'm liking this series so far. Uh, and I'm looking forward to finding out whether that is a child crying where Justin is or a cat crying where Pete is. Not Which a one? cat crying where Pete I is. I bet it's both. I bet <laughs> it's <laughs> both. No, but I'm also looking forward to One Star Squadron is coming out from DC Comics. It's from Mark Russell, who is great, and also Steve Lieber, who is good. Uh, this is about a hero for hire type thing, but it's basically birthday parties and bunk gigs, and that's pretty much it. So it's showing a comedic side of the DC universe, and I'm always a big fan of that. It's a uh, great pick, Alex. I just wish we had a chance to like talk to Mark at some point. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. He's going to be on the live show next week. No! We'll talk about then. So that'll be exciting. Uh, but... You can also check out all of those titles on the Stack podcast that rolls in the Comic Book Club feed and also its own dedicated Stack feed Wednesdays at 9 a.m. And folks, that is it for this week's shoe. We want to thank Stu Taylor for coming on. Don't forget to check out Octo Brianna with Love, which is on stands now. As mentioned, 
Mark Russell is going to be on the show next week to talk about One Star Squadron as well as Batman Urban Legends. Probably plenty more. We're also going to have James yeah. Aquilone is going to be here to talk about Kolchak the Night Stalker. So that should be fun. Very cool. Check us out at patreon.com slash comic book club to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow. Don't forget to leave us a question in the iTunes reviews at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more Amazon Fresh for the largest apples you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> oh my God, what? Until what next time, good night. Yeah. Shout out to the fantasy, amazing fantasy, the name of the CBC Fantasy League. Come on, let's do this. They sit on crappy couches and they let the secrets leak. And occasionally they let their special guests speak. So grab your friend. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.